produced by women about women. Powerful Women Let's Talk is a series of interviews with women who are trailblazers and have helped shape our world, transforming who we are and how we live. Hello, everyone. Time for Powerful Women Let's Talk. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Jennifer Moss. It is a pleasure to bring you today's powerful woman, Carrie Becker. She's the athletic director at Grand Valley State University. She spent her entire career in intercollegiate athletics spanning 25 years. Plus, she is currently in her seventh year as the director of athletics at GVSU. Prior to being named director of athletics, Becker's career has always been on a college campus. She started her journey in the 1990s, 1990s as a softball student athlete at Division II Saginaw Valley State University, then moved into the head softball coaching position in 1996 at yet another rival school, Ferris State University, where she stayed for 15 years. Now in 2011, GVSU brought her on board as the Associate Athletic Director and Senior Woman Administrator, and now she's in her seventh year here as the Director. A lot of powerful woman stuff going on. Carrie Becker, mm -hmm. we surely welcome you to Powerful Women. Let's talk. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate so, you being here. Yeah, we enjoy that. And a little bit more about Carrie before we start our conversation. She was appointed by Governor Gretchen Whitmer to the Task Force of Women in Sports that convened in 2019 and 2020. She's a, a current member of the NCAA Division II Membership Committee current chair of the GLIAC Management Council and a board of directors member of the Women Leaders in College Sports National Organization. And she was awarded the Michigan ACE Distinguished Woman in Higher Education Leadership Award. That's during the summer of 2022. Most recently, GVSU Athletics received the NCAA MOAA Award for Diversity and Inclusion. Trust me, this is the short list. We could go <laughs> on and on, but let's talk. So we want to welcome you again and just say, you know, what a pleasure it is for you to be here. As we start, we should mention that under your leadership, GVSU has continued its dominance um, at the Division II level. We claim 28th overall uh, Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, GLIAC, President's Cup title as the league all-sports champion and winning the 2021-22 Division All-Sports Learfield IMG College Director's Cup crown for the 14th time. Now, these are certainly some big accomplishments. Everybody's going, whoa, wow. <laughs> My question for you is, are you enjoying the journey? Oh, there is no place I'd rather be. I love what I do, who I do it with, and where I do it. And I was an athlete at heart growing up, and I never thought athletics was a career path until I think it chose me. And now that I'm in it, there's nothing else I'd rather do. So absolutely love coming to work every day and, and, and seeing student athletes mature through the, the process and develop, our coaches develop talent and leadership through the context of sport. So no better job. Absolutely. And that's a, a good part of the journey to be able to say that you enjoy it. So a lot of accomplishments, again, under your belt. As we talk about powerful women, as we often do, have there been any barriers, though? I mean, you're at this good space now, but, you know, you don't get there without a lot of work along the way and the years that you put in. Um, and as you've traveled along this journey's, this journey's path, have there been barriers that you perhaps encountered? You know, being a, a female in college sports where it's a, it's a male-dominated world, mm -hmm. I get that question a lot. And the thing that I think is different for me is I, I'm a twin. I had a twin brother. Mm -hmm. So I was raised with boys. And so I never, you know, people say, you know, you know, oh, that must have been tough to navigate your career through athletics. When I reflect back, I think it's just my upbringing. Boys were always a part of my upbringing. They were always a part of my life. They were always a part of my competition. So it was a non-issue for me. I never saw them as creating barriers for me 
or the barriers I think when I think back in my career are the ones I really created for myself. The barriers of self-doubt, the barriers of, you know, being able to be in the room, know that you belong in the room. Through mentorship and through just doing and, and being competitive, if there's one word to describe me, it's competitive. Being competitive at my, at my core, you overcome those barriers. You go through them, you go over them, you go around them, or you get people to help you move them. And I think that's the key when I think of any barriers, whether real or perceived, that I think help me navigate those. And so it's hard for me to answer that question mm -hmm. because when I, I felt like I just, I just worked, I just did what I thought was right, I just continued to put my head down and created value wherever I was at and take the opportunity to not just do the job in front of me, but figure out how I can help those next to me. And, and that really helped me expand my breadth of experience within the world of college athletics and then set me on this path to continue to go from coach to an associate AD to an AD. And I think, too, with a lot of women, it is a self-inflicted yeah. deal. The barriers, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. sometimes, I mean, clearly there are many real barriers oh, that yeah. we face sure, and sure. trying to mm -hmm. make progress in our careers and other, and other areas of our lives. But I think sometimes it is that self-doubt, that self-reflection, mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that you, we kind of come up with. Yeah. So as you did this and, and continue to move through your journey, how did you actually find your voice? Though so you, you went around, you went through it, you found people to help you out maybe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of times it takes that something to get your inner voice and to be comfortable in your own skin and to yeah, own it how did you absolutely. get there I like how you say be comfortable in your own skin and that's part of it and that's that becoming that's that mm -hmm. ha giving I think a little more faith in people that they are not looking at you through the lens that you're looking at yourself which is usually deficiencies mm -hmm. that they're looking at wow and really paying attention to the the positive accolades, the things that you did earn, and knowing that you deserve them. And so once you say, yeah, I, I am good. Yes, I am ready. Yes, I want to do that. And keep stepping forward and raising your hand. The more you do that, I think you develop this confidence. I go along this way, and you either have to have confidence. You, you approach every situation with either confidence or courage. One is higher than the other typically, mm -hmm. but you can tap into one. And that's what can help you kind of propel yourself. And then as you get, as you have some small successes, celebrating the small wins, then that builds more confidence and more courage. And you're like, I am. Absolutely. And you use that courage sometimes mm -hmm. to develop the confidence. You bet. Pushing through. You bet. Regardless of how you feel at the time. Absolutely. Making it happen. Absolutely. So we should also mention you are a military veteran. Mm -hmm. and, and what impact would you say your service has had on your life and perhaps even in the role as athletic director how does that all come together sure yeah you know I, I joined the military in 1992 during my college career as an army reservist and I again my twin brother was that catalyst because when I went away to college he went to the army I saw him come back from basic training he walked different he talked different and he exhibited some leadership qualities I'm like wow I want, I want that same experience, but I didn't want to go all in. I loved my college experience. I was on a different path from an educational standpoint. So I joined the reserves. I got a few bucks to help pay for college. But then more importantly, I got to be a part of the biggest team in the world, the greatest team in the world. And I'm going to emphasize the word service, right? Mm -hmm. It is that service to something greater than yourself. And then you get to meet just an amazing, diverse uh, group of individuals throughout that experience. Fast forward to 9-11, 2001. And then after that, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom, I got called from inactive service, actually. I wasn't even an active military reservist. I was inactive, but there's a whole reason for that. 
and got called to active duty for a mm-hmm. year. And you want to talk about just a whole different experience to a different part of the world that I'd never been in. I'd never been across the Atlantic Ocean. And so now going to the Middle East and then being a female in that environment mm-hmm. and how I had to grow and how I had to really understand that culture. And it was it was tough for me as being a strong female going into a culture where females had a different status, if you mm-hmm. will. Mm-hmm. But it was a learn it was okay because you had to depend on your counterparts to help you navigate that and, and just make your way. You had to almost start over and create your value and create relationships with the people in that country. And then you realize that it was no longer really about my status as a female. It was just like anywhere else. You have to create relationships and connections mm-hmm. through what you're doing, and that's how you can still do the work. Fast forward to what is the impact on I, – I think the military, it's just a different type of – I like structure. I like organizational structure, chain of command. And so I think it had impact in terms of how – from an operational standpoint, right, leading people and managing things. Mm-hmm. I think it really helped me organize and manage the things it wasn't necessarily helpful in leading people, but I did like a lot of the military concepts of teamwork and of accountability. So those are some of the pieces that I've taken. And I would imagine that you can use those oh, really viably all the time absolutely. in what you're doing now, the teamwork, exactly. building, leadership, yeah, and all of those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. So how important also then, you talked about you met a diverse culture as of when you were in mm-hmm. service. How important is diversity and inclusion in the world of collegiate sports? I note again that GVSU mm-hmm. Athletics uh, did receive an award mm-hmm. for diversity and inclusion. Sure. Under your yeah, leadership. thank you. It, you know, that was, I'm not a big award person, but as I've risen to the point where you're the person that gets the award, you have to be an award person because you're the one that gets to accept that award on behalf of everybody that brings that mm-hmm. award to life. The work that everybody's doing, uh, whether from student athletes to coaches to campus partners to our staff members. And so I, I've changed my thinking on that a little bit. And, and so I'm humbled to be able to a- achieve it or to accept it, but grateful that we were able to achieve to all together to get that award. Why is it important? I think it, it, there's no more important thing than to make sure that our student athletes come to Grand Valley and have the highest sense of belonging with, within our teams and in our locker rooms. There's no important thing than our staff having a sense of inclusion and belonging. And so if we're going to get all of the potential of our student athletes and being a part of that growth process, they need to be able to bring their whole selves. Mm-hmm. I used to have a saying when I was a coach, check it at the gate. The only thing that matters in this, in the, on the softball field is what makes us the same, our common goals, right? It's actually, I flipped that upside down. You want to be able to bring your whole self in mm-hmm. that gate and be comfortable. So do you learn to be comfortable in your own skin and be valued for what makes you not, not makes you like us, but different from us, Absolutely. right? And so it's that whole idea, this whole holistic approach to coaching the person in front of us. So you have, we want our coaches to develop talent and, and through in leadership through the context of sport, but we also want them to have a great experience within their team and within the athletic department and ultimately the campus at Grand Valley. So if we can do that to make sure that we have an increased in aware, understanding mm-hmm. of our differences, then you can value that. Facilitate having conversations. It's not about creating safe spaces, but brave spaces. It's about being able just to hold space. 
our coaches aren't experts in this mm-hmm. work, Absolutely, but yeah. they have to have an openness and a willingness for all of our student athletes to feel that sense of belonging. Kind of goes back to that word courage too, and moving yeah. forward with mm-hmm. the things that you, you know, that you're learning and, mm-hmm. and not being afraid to say, okay, we're going to do this or do sure. it this way. And everybody's included in, sure. in this process maybe. Mm-hmm. So you work with a lot of people, of course, and impact uh, a lot of people in your circles. You, you mentioned leadership as you were in the service and, and learned some traits there. Mm-hmm. What leadership traits do you like to see in the people that you work with or perhaps mentor uh, and that you're working with on this journey? Yeah, I think an openness to innovation and change and their ability to evolve. I think one of the biggest things I learned is I did all this work in in professional development and trying to figure out the leader I was going to be. Once you sit in the chair of, of leadership, as a director of athletics, it's no longer about you. It's about what your team needs. Mm -hmm. So it gets to what you're talking about. What is it that you're looking for, which usually is the same things in you. These things are important to me, so I want it to be important to them. Well, what you realize is everybody's gonna do it a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. and they're gonna, you have to make sure you're creating value for what their strengths are. And so the things that I look for is, I think I just want people to have a sense of awareness of what what our common goals are, but also what the differences are, and figure out a way to value that in each other. I want people to have to understand the value they have on what we're ultimately trying to, to do. We are trying to create the best student-athlete experience possible. I want whether you're a coach or you're, whether you work in compliance or athletic training in our medical staff, I want them to understand why they matter to what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so it's that alignment of their values and how they work with what we're trying to do. So it's awareness in that. It's also just in their ability uh, to be collaborative. I'm okay. It's not my job necessarily to set up tables and chairs for an event, but mm-hmm. I'm not above that. It's to do that. Everybody right. to be able to raise their hands and say, I'm willing to, to help out. For instance, our tennis team, we have a lot of international students, mm-hmm. student athletes. We practice every day in Granville Premier Tennis Center. So we have to drive them there. Well, a lot of international students don't come here with cars. So we have some vans. Well, now our coaches got to go back and forth picking up teams. But there's a there's a day, Tuesdays and Thursdays, where I'm going to need somebody. And so the coach can be at practice. Can we find someone to drive the van? So I'm going to send out an email and say, hey, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, will anybody from 130 to 2.30 be willing to go back and forth? And I know when I send that out, we're going to get Somebody's people that gonna... raises their hand. Those are the types of people that I want to, to be a part of our department. A team, a true team. Absolutely. So we mentioned off the top that you spent your entire career, for the most part, in intercollegiate athletics. Mm-hmm. And you were an athlete, of course, yourself. What inspired you to go that route? And was it always your goal to maybe perhaps get to a position such as this that you're in? Well, I always say to people, athletics chose me. I did not know or think that it was a career path. I was um, getting my undergraduate in criminal justice. I was about halfway through the process to be a state police officer. That's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Or a firefighter. Mm -hmm. I had actually, right before I took the position at Ferris as the head coach, I was a finalist to be a firefighter in the city of Saginaw. Oh, wow. So I knew I wanted to do one of those two things. The The state police process was long. You didn't know if it, it was going to happen in the end. So I had hedged that with being a firefighter. I thought, oh, I'm getting ready. And they're going to, I was the final three. At the same time, I had gotten to know at Saginaw Valley, uh, working in the intramural department, which was in the athletic department, the assistant basketball coach who left and went and became the head coach, basketball coach, Dr. Dana Monk at Ferris State University. Mm-hmm. She saw something in me that I didn't see. She talked me into applying for the head softball position that had come open. I'm like, well, okay. I didn't ever think of it as a career. Long story short, they hired me. I make this joke that the job was a full-time job, full benefits, retirement, medical, $30,000 a year, 
It was about $28,000 more than I was making at the moment. So I said, I can do this for three to five years <laughs> yeah. and then still go be a police officer. Mm -hmm. Well, I fell in love with being on a college campus. I fell in love with developing young women through the sport of softball. And my favorite thing is to watch the maturation process mm -hmm. of a freshman student athlete and as they progress. And then hopefully maybe, and, and, and leave as a senior. They walk different, they talk different. And then you realize just maybe the impacts you may have had on that. And so that's where I fell in love with it. And then continued to just, all of a sudden I looked up, it was seven years later. It was eight years later. And then it was 15 years later. Mm -hmm. Now, I knew I wasn't going to be that gray-haired little old lady running around a softball field, though mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. That's when I started to expand my breadth of experience into some of the administrative things. And then that set me up to, then at that point, you're like, I, I, I want to stay on a college campus. Mm -hmm. That's the next step is administration. And then from being an associate AD, why not me as the AD? Absolutely. So I decided to put my, my best foot forward, and I'll be darned if they hired me again. And the rest, as they say, is history, Let's right? hope so. Yeah, that's right. Well, you're doing a great job with it. Thank so you. How do you manage all of this, though? Your work-life balance, you're uh, very busy. You yeah. know, sports keeps you busy. You are the director. You're not just, mm -hmm. not, I mean, and coaching is huge, but being in charge of everything, mm -hmm. eh, that's a lot. How do you manage that, your work-life balance? It's never in balance. That's a myth. <laughs> but I, I've been talking to some of my senior staff, and, you know, and, and there's a lot of people in our department that they work so hard to make Grand Valley successful. Mm -hmm. They give so much to that. I said, here's the deal. I love that. I want you that. The university has to give back to you. And, they, and you can't give what you don't have, so I need you to take care of you, and I need to model that. Mm -hmm. So probably in the last couple of years, I've gotten better at it. Monday morning, I'm leaving for Mexico from Monday to Friday. I've never taken a vacation this time of year. It is extremely busy going into mm -hmm. the stream, but you know what? I've missed a lot of weddings, a lot of birthdays, a lot of things. I'm no longer going to miss those things. It's okay. I have a great team, and so I try to echo that and mod one, model it with my staff. Mm -hmm. You have to take vacation. You have to, even if it's a half a day. It doesn't have to be a whole week. There's people that can't leave for three weeks at a time or two weeks. That's okay. But take the time. And so I've just, it's it's that simple. You must take the time. The university, you earn vacation to the mm -hmm. university. They, they carry over only so many. If you don't use that, you're giving back time. The university is invested in you. They said you can have that time. You must take it. It is. It sounds silly, but you must take vacation, even if it's two hours. If it's 2 p.m. and I look out in the summer and it's sunny, I'm going on my boat. I'll see mm -hmm. you tomorrow. Absolutely. So it's, some of it's opportunistic. You know, some of it's planned. Some of it's opportunistic to take those moments. But also, this job, you don't do this work at the expense of the things that are important. If you say family's important, Doing your work shouldn't be at the expense of that. You mm -hmm. better go to your son's t-ball games. You you know you have mm -hmm. to make that a priority. So I try to hold my staff accountable to that, and I haven't been very good at it. But it's one of those things that I'm starting to. It's a learning curve, yeah, of sorts. Yeah, and but I have to start with myself. Yeah, right. So that you can model yes. and have and Absolutely. have that leadership for the others Absolutely. to follow. Absolutely, Absolutely. there. You got to find a way to fill the fill the cup back up. So. What is it that makes you laugh? I love laughter. So what, oh, what makes you laugh? Gosh, there's so many things. You know, one of the, I don't know if there's a thing that makes me laugh, but what I have done is I think sometimes we, have, we think we have to be in situations where we're always serious or mm -hmm. we have to be a certain way. But if something happens or somebody says something, I don't hold it in because maybe it's not appropriate. I laugh. Yeah. Right? And what I find is people are just waiting for other people to laugh. And then everybody's shoulders go down a little bit. 
you know, so it, I don't know that there's any one thing that I can point it's to. It's like permission, you yeah. know, like I have permission to yeah. laugh. This there's is funny. There's too much in the world that can bring you down. Mm -hmm. So if it's funny, if we, st if I'm in a staff meeting and, or maybe not in it, but I'll start, hey, look at this cat video. This is hilarious. Whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And just sharing those types of things where it's not just always about, you know, what it is we got to do and get it, you know, get the objectives done. If it's funny, I, we laugh. Take it and roll yeah, with it. You bet. Yeah, so so much is happening, of course, as you mentioned, in the in the world that we live in today. People are often looking, though, for that word of encouragement, something yeah. to perhaps inspire them. You have any favorite sayings or yeah. models that you share with those you are working with, those you mentor, or, and, and people in your in your life? Mm -hmm. I think there's two things: be the change in the world you want to see. And that's that goes back to my modeling, right? But I think the biggest thing I always say, and I say it over and over: be where you need to be when you need to be there. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what I was saying. We prior, you know, if you're with your family, don't worry about checking that email. Yeah. And vice versa, be able to be where you need to be when you need to be there. And it allows you to, to give context and perspective to what you're doing and focus. Focus. Right? That mm -hmm. the things that you're in front of deserve. Right? The person in front of you deserves all of you. Give it to them. Absolutely. Good work there, Carrie. Carrie Becker, I really enjoyed this conversation. So nice to catch up with you today and, and talk with you. I want to thank you as well for joining us for another edition of Powerful Women. Let's talk. I'm Jennifer Moss. Do enjoy your day. Produced by women, about women. These powerful podcasts focus on powerful women and how their strength transforms who we are and how we live. Want to hear more Powerful Women Let's Talk? Get additional interviews at WGVU.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Powerful Women Let's Talk is produced by WGVU at the Meyer Public Broadcast Center at Grand Valley State University. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of WGVU, its underwriters, or Grand Valley State University.